From Greenville, South Carolina, we present... Let the Bible Speak. Let the Bible Speak is the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, preaching Christ in all His fullness. Once again, to Let the Bible Speak, featuring messages from the ministry of Dr. Alan Cairns, founder of Let the Bible Speak Radio Ministries. Currently, Dr. Cairns is preaching a series of studies in the doctrine of the person and work of the Holy Spirit. We'll hear from Dr. Cairns shortly. First of all, we invite you to enjoy this devotional thought from the pen of C.H. Spurgeon, found in his collection called Faith's Checkbook. Our devotional for today is entitled, He Freely Gives. The text is Romans chapter 8 and verse 32. He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? If this is not a promise in form, it is in fact. Indeed, it is more than one promise. It is a conglomerate of promises. It is a mass of rubies and emeralds and diamonds with a nugget of gold for their setting. It is a question which can never be answered so as to cause us any anxiety of heart. What can the Lord deny us after giving us Jesus? We need all things in heaven and earth. He will grant them to us. For if there had been a limit anywhere, he would have kept back his own son. What do I want today? I have only to ask for it. I may seek earnestly, but not as if I had to use pressure and extort an unwilling gift from the Lord's hand, for He will give freely. Of His own will He gave us His own Son. Certainly no one would have proposed such a gift to Him. No one would have ventured to ask for it. It would have been too presumptuous. He freely gave His only begotten, and... O my soul, canst thou not trust thy heavenly Father to give thee anything, to give thee everything? Thy poor prayer would have no force with omnipotence, if force were needed. But his love, like a spring, rises of itself, and overflows for the supply of all thy needs. Thank you. 
One of the chief characteristics of the Protestant Reformation of the 16th century was the preeminent place given to the Bible. The Reformers' motto was, The Bible alone, the religion of the Protestants. Men such as Martin Luther and John Knox insisted that the Holy Scriptures contain everything necessary for Christian faith and practice. It is important for believers in the 21st century to understand the central significance of the Bible in daily living and in the battle for spiritual truth. Let the Bible Speak is making available free of charge a booklet called The Bible and the Protestant Reformation, published by the Trinitarian Bible Society. To obtain your copy, simply email info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. If you wish, you may call us at 864-244-2408. That's 864-244-2408. If you prefer regular mail, you may simply write, Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Just ask for your copy of The Bible and the Protestant Reformation, and we'll be delighted to provide it. today's broadcast, Dr. Cairns will bring the conclusion of a message entitled, The Effect of the Unction of the Spirit Upon the People of God. In 1 John chapter 2, verses 20 and 27, Christians are spoken of as having an unction from the Holy One. This unction, or anointing, produces a number of important effects in the life of the believer. The first effect is authority, or that which enables the Christian to serve the Lord with power— The second effect is enlightenment. By the Holy Spirit's activity, 
believers are enabled to go to the Bible for themselves and to be instructed in the things of God. Then this unction produces establishment in the believer. It demonstrates our connection with Christ, who also had this unction. Also, it shows the reality of our faith, keeping us from falling away. In the final portion of the message, Dr. Cairns will show that this unction of the Holy Spirit sets believers in opposition to the forces of Antichrist, while at the same time producing great enjoyment of Christ. Now, Dr. Cairns will conclude this message, the effect of the unction of the Spirit upon the people of God. When you have the Spirit of God, when you're taught of the Spirit, you have the greatest credential for going to the Bible. The Spirit within you does not answer to the Spirit in the book. There's something wrong, isn't there? Deep calleth unto deep. There is this natural response. Now you do need instruction. You do need to uh, make yourself uh, disciplined enough to get under solid teaching, spend time in good literature. Yeah, all those things are good. Remember, you have an unction. That's the greatest thing to have. When it says you know all things, of course, it doesn't mean to say you're omniscient. This is a relative statement. It's not saying you've suddenly become God. Uh, You see, it's a mistake to lift a text out of its context and uh, try to make it mean what the Holy Ghost doesn't mean it to mean. Christians do not have complete knowledge. I can very easily prove that to you. I'd like you, uh, if you think you have complete knowledge, just to start with Einstein's theory of relativity and let me have it in words that I can understand. For I want to confess to you, having heard people lecture on it, I am still as much in the dark as when I started. I confess I don't know it all. And if you think you know it all, then uh, I'm very happy to ask you, what is the 14th word in the third chapter of Ezekiel? You don't know that either, do you? No, we don't know all things, Absolutely. But look what John, 1 John 5 and 20 says, We have an understanding, He hath given us an understanding that we may know Him. Him. That is true. And we are in Him that is true. These are the all things. The all things necessary. Christians have a grasp of the truth in things that are essential to salvation. Now, believers may disagree on many, many parts and points of interpretation, but if they are Christians, they have a grasp of the things that are essential to salvation. Believers don't need any preacher to prove to them the sinfulness and helplessness of human nature. They know it. The Holy Ghost is born witness of that. Christians don't need anybody to prove to them that it's by grace alone that you're saved. The Holy Ghost has taught them that. Christians will never receive any doctrine of the person of Jesus Christ that would deny his deity, his humanity, his soul mediation. I want to tell you, when a man has low views of Jesus Christ, he's not saved. Christ said, asked the question himself, What think 
ye of Christ. And I want to tell you, your answer to that will say whether you're saved or whether you're not saved. You don't think much of Christ. You're not saved. If you don't think often of Christ, you're not saved. If you don't think highly of Christ, you're not saved. If you don't think him to be God of very God, incarnate in the flesh, the Lamb for sinners slain, the only Redeemer of God's elect, my friend, if you don't think those things of Christ, you're not saved. No man is saved who has low views of Jesus Christ. And his atoning, sacrifice, and blood shedding on Calvary. His resurrection from the dead. I was thinking when I was going over this in my own mind, I thought, well, what about the Corinthians? Did they not doubt his resurrection? As I thought of what Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians 15, I realized something I'd never realized before. These fellows got very, very uh, intoxicated with their own mental brilliance. When anybody gets that way, you know you're dealing with somebody who's becoming a fool. But anyway, they were so full of themselves. And uh, they were denying that there was any resurrection, but it was actually looking forward to the resurrection of our bodies. I realized they never once denied that Christ had risen from the dead. And the, the fact that proves that is, that Paul was able to say, Christ is risen, and that proves there is such a thing as the resurrection from the dead. He was able to give them that as something that they accepted, without question. So that even people who were going as far astray on future resurrections like the Corinthians, never once questioned that Christ was risen from the dead. You deny that Christ has risen from the dead. I want to tell you, you're not saved. That's all there is to it. Take the doctrine of the fullness and the freeness of God's salvation. Christians know those things. Why? Because they have an understanding. They know Him. The greatest enlightenment that a man can have is to know Christ. To know Him. And to know that we are in Him. That's the product of the Spirit. When you have the anointing, how do you have this assurance we are in Him? It's not make-believe. It's the Spirit's anointing. Anointion. We know Him and we are in Him. Let me ask you today, do you know Him? There's a third great result of this anointing and its establishment. Time only allows me to mention it. You've received, or you have an unction from the Holy One, you know all things. The anointing which you've received of Him abideth in you. You need not that any man teach you, but as the same anointing teacheth you of all things, and is truth, and is no lie, and even as it is taught you, ye shall abide in Him. Now there are three basic ideas. The idea of the connection with Christ. Just as Aaron was anointed and his sons anointed in union with Him, so we have an unction from the Holy One. We have union with Christ. Then there's the contrast with false professors. It's interesting. 
In verse 19, they went out from us because they were, but they were not of us. If they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us. They went out that they might be made manifest that they were not all of us, but ye have a notion. Why did they go out and you didn't? One old Puritan drew the distinction between temporary believers and real believers. It's a very good distinction. You get this in the parable of the the sower and the four kinds of seed, or the four kinds of ground in which the seed fell on. There were some temporary believers. There are some people who respond to a gospel message, sometimes on an emotional level, some other level rather than a spiritual level. For a little while it appears that they are sealed, they make profession. But they go out from us. And the idea here is they're going out doctrinally. They are leaving behind the doctrines of the gospel. They are giving up the person of Christ and the blood of Christ and the soul merits of Christ. And why do they go out and you don't? Because you have an unction. That's the, the real reason. You see, those with the Holy Ghost's unction can never accept the, de- the, the devil's lie and deny Christ and the Father. Some things a Christian can't do. Now, a Christian can sin. It would be nice if we didn't sin, wouldn't it? People say, you say you can live the way you like. I would to God, we could live the way we like, because if you're saved, you would like to live sinless. We do sin. But I want to tell you there are some sins that a Christian cannot commit. A Christian can never come to disbelieve that Jesus is the Christ. A Christian can never come to believe that there is no merit in the blood atonement. Certain sins he can't commit. It's the contrast with the false professors. It's good to know that Here's the confidence of our security. We will go on, not because we're strong, but because we have the Holy Ghost. Then there's the third idea here of the conflict with Antichrist. It's very interesting that both these texts are given in that context of a conflict with Antichrist. We read verse 18. It is the last time, as you have heard, that Antichrist shall come. There is a final personal Antichrist to come. But even now there are many antichrists. And in the last time, the multiplicity of antichrists uh, will remind us that the time is running out. But over against antichrist, we have the unction of the Spirit. Look at verse 26. These things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you. Here is the seductive satanic attack of antichrist. How then do God's people stand? Verse 27, the anointing teaches you of all things. You're not going to believe the lie of Antichrist. Not only so, but that same anointing, just as it teaches you of all things, and as it has taught you, ye shall abide in him. By the anointing of the Spirit, you will abide even in conflict with the Antichrist. Oh yes, the seduction of Antichrist would deceive the very elect if it were possible. 
What makes it impossible? The anointing, the unction, the Spirit of God. I would like to have time to develop on that theme. God has given us the Holy Ghost to set us at loggerheads with the Antichrist. I want you to see that very clearly. We are never to try to come to terms with anti-Christianism, whether it be Romanism, Modernism, Rationalism, or any other ism that is anti-Christ. We are never to seek to come to terms with it. We are against it. We refuse it. We reject it. We abide despite it. We oppose it. Here then is our establishment. Thank God we are secure by this anointing. And I have to finish with this word. The anointing has the effect of producing enjoyment. The unction is with the oil of gladness. Hebrews 1 and 9 Quoting the Psalm 45 and 7, where the Father says to the Son that he hath anointed him with the oil of gladness above his fellows. You remember what the psalmist David said in that lovely 23rd Psalm? He anointed my head with oil, my cup runneth over. He anointed my head with oil. There's a freshness. In the east, they anoint the head. Or at least they did, to, to freshen. It had a, a clean, healthy aspect to it. In fact, the anointing, other than legal anointing for pouring of oil on the head, the anointing of the body was always more of an embrocation, it was a rubbing into the body in order that the body may receive that health-giving property of the unction. He anointeth my head with oil. Psalm 92 verse 4 says, Thy Lord hast made me glad through thy work. Sometime I'm going to preach in this church in that text. I've preached before on it somewhere else. I can't remember where. It's a great text. Thou hast made me glad through thy work. Verse 10 says, My horn shalt thou exalt like the horn of the unicorn. I shall be anointed with fresh oil. What does this mean? You have received the Holy Ghost. Remember what I said last Lord's Day? To teach you the things that are freely given to you of God. You have received the Holy Ghost in order that you might know the fullness and the freeness of the gospel in Christ. In order that Christ would be made precious to you. In order that what is mere doctrine would become vital truth in your life. Inspiring your heart to great joy and to greater longing which the Lord will then fulfill. There is enjoyment. Believer, learn this. If you're saved, enjoyment will not come just by having another thousand dollars a month. Oh, you might be able to use it. If you get it and you can't, let me know for I can. 
But uh, that's not how you get enjoyment. Enjoyment is not just having nice surroundings. Enjoyment is not in things. We're living in a society that's tied into things. All around this country, people are spending and spending and overspending and getting themselves up to their ears in debt in order to try and make themselves or their husbands or their wives happy. Doesn't work. Doesn't work. Can't work. And certainly it can't work for a Christian. Enjoyment comes when the Holy Spirit makes Christ precious to your heart. That's why he's given. Now these things are normal for regenerate people. We have the inherent grace to serve, to see, to stand and to sing. I trust that we've put the privilege to good use. And with the Holy Spirit's anointing we'll start serving Christ. We'll start looking into his truth. We'll start standing for his name and rejoicing in his grace. You have an unction. May that confidence breed a boldness in you and a blessedness in you in Christ more than you've ever known in your whole Christian life before. May God bless his word to all our hearts for his name's sake. Listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America. We hope you've enjoyed and benefited from today's program. We're here as your servants for Christ's sake. If we can be of any further help to you in the things of the Lord, we invite you to contact us. Our mailing address is Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. If you wish, you may call us at 1-864-244-2408. That's 1-864-244-2408. Our email address is info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. If you would like to learn more about the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, we invite you to visit our website, www.fpcna.org. That's www.fpcna.org. This is Charles Kelsch saying thank you for listening and inviting you to join us again as we Let the Bible Speak. (music) 